0: This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. Do you remember a few years ago when the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge was very popular? How many remember that? Remember online watching videos? Some of them were quite good, and then some of them were quite, well, let's just say the Ice Bucket Challenge didn't always go as expected. Remember that? If you don't remember, here's a few videos. We're not going to have sound because sadly when people get dumped with water, Sometimes things come out of their mouths that shouldn't. So um, just watch this. We could go on. They go on for another 10 or 15 minutes, so I won't carry, I won't uh, bother you with that. But um, we have been talking since June about the um, promises of God, standing on the promises of God, promises that could and should be the foundation of our lives. Uh, Your Christian experience should not be based on just experience, just something that happened to you when you were a kid or something that makes you feel all nice and fuzzy when you come to church. Sometimes uh, certain worship courses make us feel good. Sometimes the old Christian hymns make us feel good. But our experience with God cannot be based on feelings, whether we feel good or happy or whatever. They can't simply be based on people either. If you're basing your experience on some pastor or some Bible teacher you see on TV or wherever, regardless of who you're basing your experience on, those things will always let you down. That's just a fact of life. And so the real foundation, the fundamental thing on which we build our lives has got to be the promises of God. Uh, The promises of God, which are so many, I can't even begin in just a couple months, to talk about all of them. God promises to hear our prayer. God promises to never leave us nor forsake us. He promises peace. He promises to go prepare a place for us. He promises over and over and over many, 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 many different things, many of which these promises are very personal, and you can apply personally to your life. This is my third last Sunday in this church, God willing. Won't be here four weeks from now. And so, these are the last three messages I'm going to preach to you. The promises I want to talk about in the next three weeks are personal, but more so, they're promises for the church. These are the promises that the church must be built on. Something that we've been talking about probably for the last 16 years, and it's certainly something that you've got to talk about in the years to come. These are the promises on which the church must be built. It has been to this point and it must continue to be built. And so it's really fundamental. The first promise that we want to talk about today, this one of the last three, is actually um, was made 900 years before Jesus came. So if you do the math, we're talking about something that's close to 3,000 years ago this promise was made. It's found in the book of Joel, chapter 2. And I have it for you on the screen, and it would be good for us to read it. Uh, if you can. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me in honor of God's word, and uh, we're going to read his word together. I'm going to read the light-colored verses. The first one, you'll read the dark ones. There's only four verses, so you have two verses to read. Let's read together. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. That comes from Joel chapter 2. May God bless his word. You may be seated. And there it is, pretty simple. This is the promise. I will pour out my spirit on all people. It was made 3,000 years ago. And uh, it's a pretty simple promise. We can break it down pretty easily and understand it. Let's do that. First of all, it says, I. Who's speaking? God. This is something God's going to do. This is a promise from God. It's not a promise from the church. It's not a promise from the pastor. It's not a promise from a pope. Or a, a, a denomination. This is God's promise to the people. I am going to do something. Notice the next word is "will." It's something He's going to do in the future. I will do something. I will. It was made three thousand years ago, but the promise still stands. It's still for sure today. It's not been accomplished yet. Now, I will say that in the book of Joel, chapter, or pardon me, Acts, chapter two on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit was outpoured, Peter stood up and actually quoted from this Old Testament prophet Joel, and he said, this is what Joel was speaking about. And we recognize that in Acts chapter 2, it was a partial fulfillment of the promise that Joel had made, or that God had made through, through the prophet Joel. But there's many things in this passage of Scripture that have not yet come to pass, and so this full extension, the full fulfillment of this promise hasn't happened yet. So I will do something in the future. He says, I will. Next word is, I will pour out. Pour out. The picture is of the ice bucket challenge. And yes, we do have some water. Many of us don't want the full outpouring of the Spirit. We want a little dabble, do you? Here's a little Holy Spirit for you today. We'll just give you a little bit. We don't want too much. That's the way most of us are. We don't want to get drenched in the Holy Spirit. We don't want to get overwhelmed by the Spirit. We just want a little touch, just just enough to make us religious and to make us spiritual and to make us happy. We don't really want the full outpouring of the Spirit. But God says there's coming a time when he will pour out his Spirit. The idea is drench. The idea is nothing held back. The idea is overwhelm you with the presence of Almighty God, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's the same words that are used in Malachi chapter 3 when he talks about tithing, and he says, you know, test me and see if I won't pour out for you blessings that you can't receive. In fact, he says, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you can't receive it. He's not talking a little dabble, do you? He's talking about an overwhelming outpouring of the Spirit of God. In fact, it's the same words used in the book of Genesis, chapter 7, where we read in speaking about the flood, the scripture says, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of heaven were opened, and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. I know some of you are thinking, well, that just happened in Alberta. But we're talking here about spiritual blessings being poured out and not stopping. We used to sing a song in our Pentecostal churches, and in fact, in many churches, gospel churches, there shall be showers of blessing. You see, typically in the Bible, showers were seen as a symbol of blessing, a symbol of God's outpouring. I remember my dad, or my father-in-law, I should say, who was a farmer in Saskatchewan, and... uh, uh, he every once in a while when you know times are tough and there was no rain and it was drought and and he'd be praying for rain and all of a sudden rain would come and i remember him using the phrase that's a million dollar rain now i don't know where that million dollars ever went we certainly never got it but uh, i knew what he was talking about that's a rain of blessing we need that rain for the crops to come and i know some of you are saying we've had enough but We're talking spiritually now. There's never enough of God's blessing, and God says he's going to pour out his spirit, my spirit. Now, notice the words, my spirit. Yeah, we'll go there, my spirit. This is God's Holy Spirit. I'm a little confused. Back in the 1900s, early 1900s, when God was moving supernaturally literally around the earth around the world and churches were coming to be more aware of the full gospel the Holy Spirit I'm surprised over the years how many churches said this is the devil's work this is of the devil God says I'm going to pour out my spirit my spirit When we ascribe to the devil something that God is doing, we put ourselves in very dangerous territory. And God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit without measure, without holding anything back. I'm going to drench you with my presence. I'm going to overwhelm you with my presence. And notice it says... I'm going to pour out my spirit on. Notice that little word on. It doesn't say in. It says on. Doesn't, you say, well, there's not much of a difference. Well, there's a big difference. I can be in the CN Tower or I can be on the CN Tower. Which would you rather be? I think most of us would rather be in it, not necessarily on it. I can be in a car or I can be on the car. There's a big difference. And there's a big difference. We understand clearly. Do not get me wrong by any means. The Bible says that every born-again believer has the Spirit of God in them. The Bible says if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to him. Every person who calls on the name of Jesus, the Bible says the Spirit began to make their dwelling inside of them. He came to live inside them, inside you. Every one of you has the Spirit of God inside you. But there's a promise in the Scripture that says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on you. That's not in you, but on you. You already have the Spirit in you if you call upon Jesus Christ. When God talks about pouring the Spirit on people... He's talking about a spirit of empowerment, a spirit of enabling, a spirit that takes you beyond yourself, and it's an anointing for service that you can't normally do in your own strength. Um, And you read in the Old Testament, kings and prophets and various ones had the spirit come on them for a certain period of time. But in the New Testament, it talks about the spirit coming on them and not leaving them. It comes on them to live with them and to live on them so that they can do service for the king. It says that God is going to pour out his spirit on, notice the last phrase, all people. Can I just say it as plainly as I can? I try not to mince my words. If you have trouble with people who look differently than you, get over it. Just get over it. Just get over it. The fact that people look different than you may be a problem for you, but it's not a problem for God. And God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people, all tribes, all nations, all flesh. Wherever people are, God's going to be pouring out his spirit. And yes, there's a picture of a Muslim lady up there. How many know that in the Muslim world right now, God is pouring out his spirit in a supernatural way? Thousands and thousands are coming to Christ every day in the Muslim world because God is pouring out his spirit in those countries. Some of the largest churches in the world are no longer found in North America they're being found in africa and south america in asia where hundreds of thousands of people are belonging to one church it even boggles our imagination but this thing that we're talking about god has already begun to do god is already beginning to pour out his spirit on all people around the world, people of all different nationalities and backgrounds and, and languages and tribes, and whatever. however you want to divide people, God doesn't divide them. He just puts them in one. He says, I'm going to just pour out my spirit on all of them. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. God just pours out his spirit, and God's going to continue to do that on all flesh. Let's take a look at it a little more closely. Notice the word afterward. Afterward means something came before. Now, I haven't printed it out for you, but if you read the earlier portions of Joel chapter 2, it talks about a time of, uh, well, a terrible time. It talks about a time when there'll be a plague of of war and armies and insects like locusts it says that it'll just come and overwhelm the people and it'll be a matter of judgment it'll be a matter of um, calling people to turn towards him and then it also speaks about a time of repentance where people turn to god and their sins are forgiven it's a time of where god promises mercy it's there he speaks about rains of blessing both early and latter rains being poured out on his people it's a time of restoration in one portion the scripture says i will restore uh, for you i will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten god restores his people and then after all these things have happened we have this passage about god pouring out his spirit on all flesh or on all people as i said i'm a little confused sometimes when I hear people, sometimes even Pentecostal people, talk about things of the spirit as if they're man-made or fleshly or not necessary for today. I'm a little confused by that. You know, all the things that you read about in the New Testament, tongues, prayer for the sick, casting out demons, words of knowledge, words of... of uh, um, wisdom, words of uh, tongues, uh, uh, all the things that we hear about, casting out demons, all those things, discernment, words of discernment, all those things that we hear about, those are not made up by man. Can anybody understand that? Man didn't make that up. And it's not made up by the Pentecostal church. Can I just get an amen on that? How many would say, oh yeah, all those things are actually in the Bible? God actually talked about them. God planned them. God initiated them. God performed them. So when people say, and sometimes whole churches, but when individuals say, well, that's not for today, I just don't get that, because that's the one thing I don't read in the Bible where God says this is all going to stop. Don't read that. These are things that God has initiated and done, and God says that after a time of judgment, There's going to become an overwhelming outpouring of the Spirit such as you and I have never seen to this point. We've not seen it yet. But God's going to do it. And uh, I hate to say this, and I won't say it very loudly. Turn off the mic. Um, I'm joking because this mic's not on. Uh, (laughs) God's more Pentecostal than you actually think. God's more Pentecostal than most people think. Because all the things that people don't like about the Pentecostal church, uh, they all came from God. They're all written in the Bible. And so you better be careful when you say, I don't want that. Because God says, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Notice, it doesn't say the Pentecostal church is going to pour out the Spirit. Notice it doesn't say the pastor's going to pour out the Spirit. God says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit and overwhelm you, overwhelm you. And notice who's going to be affected by this outpouring of the Spirit. It talks about sons and daughters. That's our youth. Sadly, somehow in churches, um, we're afraid to teach our children about the moving of the Spirit and the outpouring of the Spirit. God wants our young people to be overwhelmed by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants our young people to, to know what it is to move in the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. Our young people are going to experience the power of God. It says also that our old men, where is it there? Old men. Put up your hand, old men. Come on. Our old men. If you're an old man, God's going to do something in your life. You're not going to be left out of this. I see happening in the modern church today a real emphasis on youth, and that's powerful. It's important, and sometimes I see old people being shunted off to the side as if they're not important. God says you're still important, and God has a plan for you. And God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on the old men of the church and of the world. And then he says, you're young men as well. God has something for young men, He's going to pour out his spirit on the young leaders of our church. And then he says, finally, just yeah, do that one more time. They're going to see dreams and visions. You know, honestly, if I'm absolutely honest with you, I'm not comfortable with that. You may not be comfortable with it either, but apparently God is. Isn't that amazing? Things that I'm not comfortable with, doesn't really matter too much apparently god is comfortable with it and god says he's going to do it and he's going to show young men and old men dreams and visions things they've never seen before they've never experienced before god's going to do things supernaturally that we may not be really totally comfortable with but god is and god's going to do it and you're going to hear more and more about such things And then lastly, notice it says there, one more, both men and women, God's going to pour out his spirit. I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's time we got rid of our gender bias in the church. There are women who are being mightily used by God In teaching, in preaching, in pastoring, and doing powerful things, just because it's something we didn't do a hundred years ago, God is doing today, and God is going to pour out His Spirit on both men and women. If you're sitting next to a man today, ladies, why don't you just give him an elbow in the shot and say "and women"? Just let him know it's "and women." I'm included in this too. You're not going to leave me behind. This is both men and women. God's going to pour out his spirit. We need to get with it. There are some things that are going to happen that will get our attention. The scripture calls it, and I've underlined it there for you, the dreadful day of the Lord. There's a day coming that God describes as dreadful. It's a time of judgment. He's talking about the sun being turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It's not going to be a nice time. It's not going to be a good time. But it is going to be a great time for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God's going to pour out his Spirit on dry and hungry people who want more of the Spirit. In fact, you can't stop it. You can't stop what God's doing. God wants everybody to be saved. There's going to come a time when um, it says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says that very plainly. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish but that everyone should come to repentance. God is going to equip his church in a powerful way so that it's no longer simply about who stands behind the pulpit, but it's going to be men and women empowered by the Holy Spirit With the holy spirit being poured out on them that every place they go will be an evangelistic campaign every place you go will be a healing campaign every place you go god's holy spirit will give you wisdom and understanding for the exact need right at the moment oh it's going to be an exciting time now many years ago when i was a kid uh when TV was just coming into its being, there used to be a coffee company that wanted to distinguish themselves from other coffee companies, and they used the slogan, good to the last drop, good to the very last drop of coffee, always tastes good. Well, God is going to pour out his spirit in ways that you and I have never seen before. Um and it'll be good to the last drop. It'll always be good because it's God's Spirit. This promise is going to be fulfilled in the church. You, you can't stop it. If you don't want it, you're going to have to get out because God's going to pour out a Spirit. God's going to pour out His Spirit in all flesh. And the only thing that will hinder that it's people who will say no to God. And if that's your attitude, you'll have to get out of the church because it is his church and he is going to pour out his spirit. Whether you like it, whether you're comfortable with it or not, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. There's going to be young people in churches just like this. They're going to have words of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and they're going to speak the words of God verbally and publicly. And there'll be some people saying, well, you can't do that. You're only 10 years of age. Uh, Who said you can't do that? I remember Jesus at 12 went into the temple and astounded the people there. God can use 12-year-olds. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And God can use 10-year-olds. And God can use 16-year-olds. And some of you are saying, well, that's not proper in church. That's your church. But in God's church, God's going to pour out a spirit in all flesh. And you're going to have women in your church standing up with messages and preaching. And you say, well, that's not proper. We don't allow that in our church. Again, that's your church. In God's church, it's going to happen. God's going to pour out a spirit in all flesh, both men and women. I'm not telling you anything that is not written in the book. It's right there in black and white. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. And it's going to be exciting times. And the only thing that will um, keep that from happening is if we say we don't want it. You remember the video I showed you of the ice bucket challenge? Remember that? Um, Things didn't always go as planned, did they? Some people got whacked on the head. Some people fell over. Some people screamed and hollered. Who wants it? (laughs) Who wants it? I'm not talking about the water. That's just a symbol. Who wants the spirit of God? Who wants God to pour out a spirit in such a way that we've never seen before oh i totally get it some people will be whacked on the head spiritually some people are going to fall over they'll be knocked to the ground spiritually some people are going to shout and holler and scream and you're going to say that's not appropriate for church but when the spirit of god comes things happen that we weren't expecting to happen Just as like on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit fell, nobody expected that to happen. Nobody. And God's going to do this. If you keep coming to church with the idea of always expecting the same thing week after week after week after week after after year after year after year, I'm telling you now, get ready because something different is going to happen. God is going to pour out His Spirit in such a way That places just like this are going to become aflame with the fire of the Holy, Holy Ghost. And God's Spirit will be so powerful. It says in the Bible that when God's Spirit was poured out, some people from the community got afraid of the Christians. They were afraid to come near them. Why? Because they were no longer playing games. They were no longer playing church games. Things were being exposed. Remember Ananias and Sapphira? And suddenly things that were hidden were exposed. And they became afraid. And they didn't want to hang out with Christians. If all your non-Christian friends just love hanging out with you all the time, you got a problem. And the problem is they're not seeing the Spirit of God in you because some of them will get afraid. Some of them just won't want to hang out with you anymore because you've got too much God. Now, on the other hand, the Bible also says God added to the church by the thousands. Every day, people were coming to Jesus Christ. Every day. I know for some of you, this is just too much. And if it was me saying it, I can understand some of you being upset. But the fact is, I, God, will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters, your old men, your young men, both men and women, are going to experience an outpouring of God's spirit such as we've never ever seen before. I'm telling you, get ready for it. It's about to happen. Now, we have a song, just a video I want you to sing. It's just a song we've sung in church many times before. Um, it's simply called holy spirit rain down uh, you can sing along with it if you want to um, but i know many times when we close a service it's out the door we go i just want you to take a few minutes this song lasts about four minutes just take a few minutes as the song plays again sing it if you want but just think about the words of what god is or what this song is saying lord god i'm hungry i want the outpouring of the spirit so i'm going to ask you to stand as this song plays Let it be our closing prayer today. Holy Spirit, rain down. Yeah, let it go, and we'll try it together. You know what happens when God's Spirit is poured out? An interesting thing is going to happen. It really won't matter what the name on the church says. God's going to pour out a Spirit on, what does it say? All people. Not just on Pentecostals. Not just on Alliance people. You're going to go to Anglican church and find them as a flame for God as any place you've ever been. You're going to go to United Church and find people filled with the Holy Spirit, walking in the power of the Spirit. You're going to go to Catholic churches. God doesn't pour out His Spirit on Catholics. Oh, really? Where have you been? God's doing it and has been doing it and god's going to continue to do it because there's hungry people whenever there's hungry people god meets their cry and meets their prayer Well, oh, there's things about that church i don't agree with there's things about that church i don't agree with there's th- you know really when the spirit comes it really doesn't matter what you agree with or what you don't agree with the thing is what will you agree with and god is just going to pour out a spirit boom 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 all over the place you're going to find people wherever you go You'll meet people that are just filled with the Spirit. You'll tell it when you talk to them. They're not talking about just going to church. They're not talking about just a ritual. No, it'll be bubbling up inside them. It'll be like what Jesus talked about when he talked about rivers of living water flowing out from them. And he was speaking about the Spirit because at that point it hadn't happened yet. But you're going to meet people that you just know there's something different about them. There's something about the Spirit inside of them. It it, it doesn't matter what you call the name on their church. There's the Spirit of God. There's life in them. Some of you aren't going to be comfortable with that. And that's okay. Because God's going to do it. It's God's thing. Father, rain down upon this place and upon this people. Pour out your Holy Spirit. Father, may we be open to receive what you have. May we never um, miss what you're doing, because of our hard attitudes, but may our hearts be open to receive what it is you want to do. So, Father, rain down upon us. We're dry and thirsty, and we need you. Let your power fall. Let your voice be heard. Father, we thank you, and we thank you for your people here today. We thank you for blessing them and may our hearts be open, and may each one receive from God exactly what you want for them. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says amen. God bless you. Have a great week.